That was the sound of two beers opening. Probably the most pleasant sound you'll hear on the podcast all night. Or something. I mean, we're we're interesting, right? I guess so. All right. Well, welcome to Drink to the Past. Uh, My name is Sean Michael Patrick Thompson, and this is my co-host, Chris, actually inside the internet, Audette. I was going to say something like, Chris, ready for quarantine, Audette. Right? Something like that. So, yeah, we're doing a remote podcast for the first time in ever, which is a little weird, but uh, we'll get used to it. Uh, I mean, this is usually how we pipe our guests in through Discord here, so we'll just do it for now anyways, and uh, I think that'll work out pretty good. All right, so, uh, Chris, what you drinking there? I'm drinking Lagunitas Brown Sugar. Huh. Sweet release. I haven't had that particular one from Lagunitas. Um, I've had a handful of theirs, uh, a couple of different IPAs, I think. They're... Uh, big one is their IPA and then uh, a little something wild is a pretty big one from them which is also very much like an IPA but it's not specifically labeled as an IPA um that one's strange and we had Lagunitas on here one time that Waldo's one which was like it uh that was a weird ass beer anyways uh go back and listen to some episode of the podcast and you'll hear about that (laughs) anyways uh, today on Sean Drinks Something Stupid, I have here a crazy ass, possibly the stupidest concoction that I've ever made up. Uh, I didn't make it up, actually. I Well, I sort of made it up. Anyway, so, um, this is kind of a double header because I was looking up drinks the other day from a game called Valhalla, which I have kind of got into. I beat it uh, a few weeks ago. Um, it's a pretty cool game. If you haven't looked up... Look that up. Um, it's a pretty cool little indie game where it's like a, a graphic or visual novel style game where you're a bartender in some sort of crazy ass post apocalyptic future. And it's cyberpunk and junk. It's pretty neat, actually. I love it. Uh, so, anyways, I was looking up drinks from this game because you're a bartender serving all sorts of weird ass drinks. And I was like, I wonder if there's like a place where there's, like, just a whole bunch of these made up that I could actually make up, and uh, lo and behold, there is. There's, like, a whole webpage I found that's, like, um, I think it's on Reddit, probably. That sounds like where I would have read it. Get it? No? Nothing? Are you still... Oh, I'm muted. Oh, oh, there you go. (laughs) I was like, that's uh, not even a pity laugh. After the third beg. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so it's like, uh, it doesn't specifically have new recipes for a lot of the drinks, but it's got like, here's the real life equivalent. I'm a bartender. I, you know, I'm taking the flavors and being like, okay, yeah, that sounds kind of like this mixed drink. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Anyways, one of the drinks in there is called a gut punch, uh, which is. Pretty much just like a crap load of alcohol in a glass. Um, and then uh, the uh, website likened that to a mixed drink called the Four Horsemen, uh, which also brings me to my uh, kind of double whammy. Uh, the Four Horsemen seems very appropriate because today we got the release of Doom Eternal and Doom 64. 
Except if you're a Switch owner, in which case you get just Doom 64. Uh, which I'm kind of holding out for the Switch release of Doom Eternal 2, because I'm like, I want it on Switch. It kind of, it's almost like a Manhattan. Sure. That's what it looks like. Oh. What looks like a Manhattan? The uh, drink you're having. Oh. It... Not that I can see your drink, but uh, I can look it up on the uh, Wikipedia. Okay, um... I'm not sure what a Manhattan is, but if it's four shots of hard alcohol shoved in a glass, then you got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Four Horsemen recipe I found actually called for uh, Scotch whiskey, Irish whiskey, uh, bourbon, and Kentucky whiskey, uh, which I didn't quite have. Um, I had, I have some Scotch, but I didn't want to use it because it's too fancy to dilute in such a stupid drink. Uh, <laughs> and so I put in some... Uh, Let's see, what did I have? I had some bourbon, uh, some other bourbon, uh, and a Canadian whiskey. And then I was like, okay, well, I need a fourth horseman. Uh, these are all the kind of things that are, like, pretty cheap stuff that people just want to get drunk on. What's the other thing that's cheap that people want to get drunk on? And my answer was tequila. So I basically got three different kinds of whiskey and a shot of tequila in here. So, uh... I'm wondering if I should uh, sip it or just kind of slam it, but then I'll be like probably drunk like halfway through the podcast, like maybe even a quarter, because this is a. I also got a fairly high ABV beer. Uh, this is a. I feel well, like only six point eight. Six point eight isn't that bad. Yeah, this is a kind of a slam it sort of a drink. So if I get drunk in the podcast, then I mean that's half the fun, anyways, right? So, all right, down the hatch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tequila really hits you in the back end. Woo! That was not as bad as I thought it would be. Um, going down, it's pretty smooth, and then, like, immediately, it kind of made me burp, and coming back out, it's like, I'm breathing fire. Like, even just, like, talking now, it's like breathing fire. It's weird. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's not bad, actually. Um, three shots of weird different whiskeys and a shot of tequila is um, surprisingly sweet. I'm not sure exactly how that works. Is tequila of, the pale horse? Yeah, I guess it must be, huh? <laughs> yeah. I guess it's a little sweetness. Uh, the Canadian whiskey I have is um, a spiced one, which is a little sweet. And then I guess some of the agave from the tequila... Uh, but altogether, somehow, that ends up being, like, a really sweet, uh, smooth going down. And then, like I said, still, I'm, like, instant heartburn. But, <laughs> well, that's not too bad. Uh, what do you rate your beer, Chris? Uh, I was led to expect it was going to be something a little more intense, but it's mostly just kind of nice to sip on. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, probably uh, about a 14. Cool. Something to be said about a beer like that. So that's not too bad. Um, I'm going to let this sit in my mouth for a minute before I start my beer beer of the week. Um, so let's get into the news and booze since we've already started the boozing. Uh, news and booze is the part of the podcast where we rate booze and drink news. Or wait. Anyways. Yeah, I've got that mixed up. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, 
Here's a uh, rumor for you. Uh, we don't always cover rumors, but if it sounds interesting, then uh, occasionally I'll grab it up. So an interesting rumor. This is from Jack of All Controllers on Twitter. So I, I don't know who he is. Just came across my feed somehow. Um, he's followed by enough people that I think he's big enough that somebody probably believes him. But I, I have no idea. I'm not speaking to his credibility have no idea about the guy, but the rumor sounds interesting, so we're going to talk about it. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment, according to Jack of All Controllers, plans on acquiring the Metal Gear, Silent Hill, and Castlevania IPs from Konami. And in addition to that, they will make uh, Hideo Kojima involved with both Metal Gear and Silent Hill if they get the rights. So uh, that would be kind of cool to see uh, Hideo Kojima get back to Metal Gear if this ends up being true and if it ends up like working out. Um, which I think this. I would is really weird. like to see. Go ahead. Someone rescue the properties from Konami. Yeah, because I don't know what exactly Konami is going to do with them uh, that can really live up to anything and and just after all of what's happened i feel like no matter what they do they will never please fans again because they'll just be like oh you're just taking stuff from what kojima did even if it's good right <laughs> i feel well, like it's just that's that happened. konami is an evil corporation at this point yeah um so i don't know i think this would be a cool situation uh being a ps4 owner i wouldn't mind i'd be like all right sweet i get you know new Metal Gears and stuff on my PS4. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that would be kind of cool. Um, but I... the Just having basically the three biggest Konami IPs, uh, I don't believe that they would sell them. Right? Like, there's some chance, I feel like, that Sony might you know, be poking their head in that window, but I don't feel like if they are, there's any chance whatsoever that they're actually going to get it. Those, like, like, even if fans aren't pleased and nobody likes them, they're going to sell, like, friggin' hotcakes, right? Just by the IP. So, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting... The, the only reason I would even be opposed... Is because those games would no longer came out on PC. Yeah. Um, well, it could be um, like um, uh, what did we? What was it last week? Horizon Zero Dawn. They announced is coming to PC. So it could be just a timed exclusive, depending on the way they want to swing it. Which with big IPs like that, I don't know. They might want to keep it on PS4 uh, for quite a while if not forever so it might never come to ps or to pc but there is precedent now that it could but you know that's not necessarily what i would expect if that was happening either yeah. um yeah. yeah so anyways um next piece of news and booze also kind of involves a rumor uh there was an indie world presentation that just happened on nintendo's kind of side of things so um, basically there was a rumor last week that I didn't cover cause we don't pay attention to rumors much cause I don't believe fuck anything. <laughs> cause it's like every time I read a rumor, I'm literally just looking for the conversation. I don't actually care whether or not it's true. And I always assume that they're all false. 
But anyways, uh, I think it's worth noting that the rumor last week said there would be an Indie World presentation this week, and then next week there would be a Nintendo Direct. So, because there was an Indie World presentation, I feel like there is some credibility to that there might be a Nintendo Direct next week. Um, but You get points for being correct. Yeah. Uh, so I don't remember where the rumor originated. It was floating around Twitter all over the place. I have trouble tracking those sometimes. I'm just like, I want to like cite the source of who like first created it. But on Twitter, sometimes I'm just like, it's going around so many places. I have no idea. And I just, I don't have the patience to look up who was the first person. But anyways, uh, the indie world, uh, showcase itself was kind of interesting. Did you watch any of it, Chris? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. Um, I live in under a rock. Right. Um, there was uh, the, the one standout game to me, uh, other than their uh, final announcement slash shadow drop, was this little game called The Last Campfire, uh, which is kind of looks like this kind of intimate, isolated adventure game with lots of exploration and puzzle solving. Uh, kind of looks like a... Uh, I don't know, like a take on... Zelda, but a little more, like, personal than Zelda has ever been. Because Zelda has always been kind of like, you're the hero, you're saving the world, everything is on this grand scale. But this looks more like you're, you know, in your own world, in your own story kind of thing. Um, but taking some elements from Zelda with the combat and uh, and puzzle solving. So I think it looks pretty cool. And uh, then the last announcement was Exit the Gungeon. Uh, Shadow dropped uh, right after the presentation, um, which I bet you were excited about. Well, I, I didn't even know it existed until uh, I saw it on Steam. Oh, yeah. And it was an Apple uh, iOS exclusive, Huh. from what I can tell. So it, it was a mobile game. So I wouldn't have expected much, but apparently it's actually pretty good. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. Um, the gameplay videos look similar to the first one, which I also have kind of vaguely been meaning to play. Um, but yeah, it shadow dropped. It said it was uh, timed console exclusive on Switch, I think. Uh, so that's weird that it was um, on mobile before. Maybe, it, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so. Interesting. Anyways, it's shadow dropped. It's now on Switch. Um so if you like any of them Gungeon games or any kind of just bullet hell, it looks pretty cool. Uh, last piece and of, from what I've seen, it looks like Gungeon, but side-scrolling, kind of uh, Galaga-esque instead of going from room to room. Yeah, that's kind of how I would describe it, yeah. But a lot of the same kind of uh, elements, at least. Yeah. A little more akin to a Cuphead-style bullet hell because of the side-scrolliness, but, I mean, I, a bullet hell is a bullet hell. But it, it, it looks a little more open than Cuphead because Cuphead always looks like straight side-scroller. This one looks more a little closer to Metroidvania kind of side-scroller where it's like you're still side-scrolling, but you can move up and down with more freedom is what it looked like from the trailer. But uh, So I, I think it looks pretty cool. As long as I'm locked up in my, you know, house, I might check it out eventually. And last piece of news and booze, Square Enix has announced that Final Fantasy VII Remake will go ahead and launch on April 10th. 
but it warns that physical copies may suffer delayed delivery due to coronavirus fucking up delivery times. Which, um, I mean, is... is like coronavirus fucking up everything. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like that's kind of to be expected. Um, not yeah. necessarily a fan of that. I'm actually a little worried. I kind of have been since everybody's been shutting down about what's going to happen with... Because, like, that's almost a month away still. Um, you know, it's like three weeks away that Final Fantasy VII Remake's going to come out. I have my, like, deluxe edition pre-ordered at GameStop, and I'm like, not only am I worried about GameStop not getting it, I'm, like, at this point, I'm slightly worried that GameStop won't even be open, right? And then I'm Despite like... Despite their best efforts to call themselves essential services. Right, yeah. They're essential. What the fuck else will people do? <laughs> So, yeah, well, I'm a little kind of nervous about that because then I'm like, am I going to get my physical version? Am I going to get my, uh, you know, deluxe bundle? Because I'm like, if they actually end up like shutting down GameStop and stores of the like, then I won't be able to go get that. And then like, are they going to be able to ship it to me somehow through GameStop or through Square? I don't know because... I'm sure pre-orders of that if have probably sold out by now. To ship out copies, maybe they shouldn't be around. Yeah. So, do you think coronavirus is finally going to kill GameStop? <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to kill a lot of businesses. Yeah. Um, looking at a lot of the small businesses that I like, um, it's kind of hard to watch them because, like, a lot of them. Some of them are trying to figure out a way to make it work. Some of my, you know, my local pub is, like, trying to sell T-shirts. And now uh, the governor of Colorado just decided that uh, restaurants with an alcohol license can sell uh, liquor like a liquor store, basically. So they've got, at least they're trying to sell all their backstock of whiskey and stuff. So that's good for them. Um, but, like, other businesses, I'm like... Uh, like this mead hall at uh, you you've gone there with me uh, great hall of Abraxas is this really badass like Viking style mead hall with a bunch of tabletop games that you can just borrow board games and stuff that you can just play games so you basically just go there to sit at a giant 40 foot Viking table drink mead and drink mead play, smoke hookah yeah drink mead smoke hookah and play tabletop games it's like the coolest nerd bar ever but they don't have, like, they've just started doing a little bit of food just kind of as a trial, and that was that was a few months ago now, but, like, they don't do, like, food food. They do, like, appetizers, like, like cheap bar food, basically, you know? Uh, and so they can't, like, literally sell themselves as a food establishment, because they're, they're a booze establishment. So, they have an online store that's like selling Dyson stuff, but that's about it. The hope is that they can get low interest or zero interest loans to get them through this uh, uh, month or next couple months. Yeah, but I mean... That's that's a hard ass thing to rely on, you know. Yeah. 
So here's hoping to the all the small businesses out there. Um, so actually, speaking of small businesses, my beer of the week this week is from Golden City Brewery here in Colorado. Uh, they've been on here actually quite a few times. And we are extending Stout Month again. This is the sixth or seventh consecutive week of Stout Month. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so this is, uh, what kind of stout is this? What did it say? Um, where the hell is it? This is some kind of, oh, here it is. Oatmeal stout aged in mythology distillery, Hell Bear Whiskey Barrels. Yeah. So they partnered up with, uh, mythology distillery, um, and got these whiskey barrels and aged their beer in it. So that sounds just great. Because like I said last week, uh, this is uh, their oatmeal stout is one of my favorites. I don't know if this is the same recipe as their other oatmeal stout or not. Uh, but uh, down the hatch. Mm. Mm. That is one of the smoothest stouts I've ever had. That is freaking great. Um, it is completely opaque, which is one thing I really look for in a stout. I always hold it up to the light, and if I can see any light shine through it, I'm like, yeah, you're you're on the weaker side, aren't you? But you can always tell if it's yeah, if if light literally cannot escape the surface of the stout, then you're you're in for a treat. Um, so this is really good. Mm. This is called toss a coin to your brewer. Also a. Uh, Nice little reference there. I thought that was really cool. Um, so, yeah, um, not a ton of... It's actually pretty light on the kind of whiskey barrel flavor, which I don't mind too much because a lot of barrel-aged stouts, I feel like sometimes it's just like it tastes like barrel and not enough like actually just the stout itself. Um, so this strikes a good balance. It's very... It's I, I, I wonder how long this was aged. Because it probably wasn't I, aged a long-ass time if there's not this much flavor. Gotta ask that. Yeah. Have either of us ever had a bad beer from Golden City Brewery? From Golden City Brewery? Yeah. No, I have not. Uh, and I have literally been yeah, drinking there as one. long as I was drinking. <laughs> These, uh, they are my favorite brewery. Uh... As far as I'm concerned, they make the best damn beer in the world. So, um, if you live here in Colorado, go chuck them a buck, get your growler filled or something. It costs more than a buck for a growler fill, but you know what I mean. After quarantine. Right. <laughs> I think they're open still for uh, to-go business. Um, I was sad, though, because I, uh, I usually play pipes there on St. Patrick's Day, play with my band and everything, and we, uh, that got canceled. That was, like, the most awkwardest shit thing in the world. That every bar and pub in Colorado had to close on St. Patrick's Day. It's like, couldn't you wait one more day so that I could make like a ton of money? <laughs> I'm like, that would come be on, nice. man. I lost. But you know, it's bad when Ireland closes down on uh, yeah. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta, you know, look at it that way a little bit. But it's like. I lost three gigs that day. I'm like, I'm pissed off, you know. But at the same time, I'm like, I kind of get it, but it's like, it was so fucking weird to just stay home on St. Patrick's Day. I was like, what do I do? I was just like sitting on the couch, just completely confused at what life was the entire day. I was just 
I had no idea what to even do with myself. So, but you know, here we are. We're not dead yet. Not yet. Yeah. So, ooh, I'm gonna have to rate this. Um, it's rather milkier than their regular one, uh, which might just be a textural thing from the barrel aging. I'm not sure. Mm. But yeah, kind of a real creamy texture there. Um, so that's that's really tasty. Um, I am gonna give that a straight up seventeen. Two stout month beers have been a straight seventeen for me. That's fucking great. And both of them from Golden City. <sighs> fucking good. All right. So, speaking of toss a coin to your brewer, or toss a coin to your witcher, we're going to get on to our video game topic today. Uh, video game shows on Netflix, etc. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of... I thought this would be a kind of a fun little topic. I just finished watching all of The Witcher. Um, I don't know if you've watched that or if you've watched Castlevania or any of these other ones that are coming up. I feel like it's popular on um, Netflix right now and other places. Obviously, HBO we covered is going to do a series of The Last of Us. Uh, we covered that. I think you. I think that was last week when Crow was here. So I don't know if you heard that or not. I did not hear that. Yeah, so that sounds pretty cool. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, my brother's subscribed to HBO, so I can use his subscription and get it checked out. Oh, yeah, I get free shows. So, um, uh, yeah, what do you think about uh, just these kind of things in general? Uh, we can even broaden the topic a little bit to video game movies and kind of like does a Netflix series work better than a movie or, or a TV series, I guess, um, either way. Um, uh, and just kind of all so, the things in between, I think we'll get to cover eventually within the hour or so, or so, or so. Sorry, indeed. there's a beeping noise going on and I'm trying to figure it out. Is it your switch? Where it's coming from. My switch keeps beeping and I'm not like totally sure what it is. Um, lately. And also, like, the fan sometimes goes, like, completely fucking crazy. And sometimes when it's docked, it overheats. So I'm like, eh, ah. probably figure out what's well, causing I'll, that. I'll do my best to ignore it. So, in terms <laughs> of video game movies, mm -hmm. this is a pretty well-timed topic. Because I just recently rewatched the Super Mario Brothers movie. Did you really? I watched that, like, the other day with my kids. And they were like totally into it and i was totally into it it's fucking hilarious <laughs> i love that movie it, it's better than i remember it being right it's like surprisingly it's actually a, incredible yeah it's like surprisingly a decent movie but not in the ways that you would expect but part of being decent is that it's just cheesy as fuck too it's i got mean a there's certain the thing guy that gets turned into a chimpanzee uh -huh. just like I feel like the premise is like uh, cool enough that you can make a pretty serious uh, like sci-fi uh, action thing based on this premise of an alternate dimension where humans evolved out of dinosaurs instead but the way that they did it and how they integrated the Mario Brothers and all of that bullshit was just like too absurd it was 
It was hilarious. It Apparently, Bob Hoskins was drunk throughout that entire movie. <laughs> I'm not at all surprised. Um, I I read... Uh, I'm trying to think of where I read this, but somewhere that, like, uh, Bob Hoskins literally just hates that movie and, like, hated everything about the project and literally just said, I looked at the script, I thought it was crap, but I needed rent. <laughs> Something along those lines. So I'm like... All right, this is going to be a train wreck and it's going to be awesome. But it's like surprisingly good somehow. I'm like, I don't get it. It's like this doesn't have the right to be that good, does it? I I remember hearing that Shigeru Miyamoto really loved it too. <laughs> well, if it's approved by Miyamoto, then, then I'll fucking drink to that, man. Hmm. That's that's amazing. Um, yeah, it was weird watching it with my kids, too, who are, like, into Mario and stuff nowadays. And I'm, like, explaining, like, Mario and Luigi, they get okay. It's like, okay, they, they're introduced, fine, okay. And I had to kind of explain Daisy's this other princess. She's not Princess Peach, okay. Because Daisy, like, never comes up in anything besides, like, side games. Uh, Super Mario Land. Right. And, um... Then, like, there's Koopa, and, like, it was so fucking weird, too, though, watching, like, Koopa and his just weird-ass hairstyle that, like, I it, it almost looks like something that Donald Trump would do, and he looks enough like Donald Trump, and... Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. And he does stuff just the same way as Donald Trump, and I'm like, what the he's fuck? This is he's alternate universe Donald Trump. Right? Yeah, I'm like looking at Donald Trump like if he became president 30 years ago and was evolved out of a Tyrannosaurus. Like, that's like the only <laughs> difference. <laughs> and I'm like, how is it? It's like watching reality, but it happened 30 years ago and it was a fucking joke. <laughs> this movie is surprisingly relevant to today. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? It's, this is hilarious. Uh, but yeah, they're like, that doesn't look like Koopa. I don't get it. And uh, Toad as well. They kind of got Toad because he had his hair cut all fucking weird. I love Toad. He was the most hilarious character in that movie. He's just all singing songs about anti-Koopa and <laughs> just gets arrested. And I love how the I like patrol car just comes out of nowhere to arrest Toad. <laughs> for singing a song, and they're like, they were in their patrol car. How do they even know? <laughs> I like that you can tell him apart when he gets goomba Right. Because he has a harmonica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And then Yoshi's just a fucking dinosaur, which literally was the only part of this movie I remembered from when I was a kid. I was just like, I remember watching this as a kid, and I remember Yoshi was a, like a velociraptor, and I was like, this is awesome. But I, I remembered no other details of the movie at all. <laughs> so, like, going back again, it was just like, wow. <laughs> Why am I so as entertained movie... by this as I was 25 years ago? <laughs> As cheesy as it is, I think it was still, like, the high point for video game movies for a long time. Yeah. I don't know. I I kind of like uh, some of them. Uh, some of them, like, 
it's 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 a weird thing to put your finger on though because for video game movies it's like um like sometimes it doesn't necessarily capture the essence of the video game and that's i feel like a lot of why people complain about it but i feel like that doesn't necessarily need to happen for the movie to be fun because like when i was a kid i watched prince of persia right after the sands of time came out they made that movie with uh, jake gyllenhaal i thought that was a ton of fun but like pretty much nobody else did <laughs> I, I never watched that um but yeah, my I, understanding was that you a bowl uh was making movies to lose money on them so he <laughs> could actually get a tax write-off in germany <laughs> that's amazing i had no idea um, and I'm muted. Well, stop. I being can't muted. hear Sean anymore. Well, stop being not hearing me. Yeah. Um. So that's funny because he did several different video game movies, didn't he? Because uh, he did. I missed most of what you just said. Uh, uh, Discord decided to. Mute I was you mostly for some making reasons. fun of you for muting yourself accidentally. Uh, so you didn't really miss anything, but yeah, he, he directed a couple of video game movies, uh, two, two or three, maybe, maybe a bunch. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I've heard the name before. Yeah. Um, and I think he did, uh, one of the zombie films, not resident evil, something else, wasn't it? But he intentionally made bad movies so that they would lose money. <laughs> so he would get tax breaks in Germany. I, uh, is what I remember the story being. That's amazing, and it makes me want to watch all of his movies even more. What, whatever they are. <laughs> Non-Resident Evil, zombie... I'm, I'm trying to think of what, like, zombie video games there were in the 90s that weren't Resident Evil. Not zombie, but Silent Hill. Did he do Silent Hill? I think was one. Okay. Let me, let me see. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, but I feel like lately they've been kind of having a heyday um, as far as video game movies and actually, again, coming back to the original topic of Netflix series, I feel like some of the Netflix series have been really, really cool because um, I just finished Witcher, like I said, and also I finished Castlevania Season 3 a little before that, uh, which I thought Castlevania... Well, quit it, you dickhead. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, you dickhead. Okay. <laughs> Discord is uh, throwing a fit, pitching a fit tonight. Well, tell Discord to, um, uh, I don't know, I almost made like a, a sexist joke or something, and I was like, well, that's not cool. I was like trying to word it too, and I was like, uh, I don't know. I was like, it wouldn't have been cool, and I'm not sure it would have been that funny, so I just stopped myself. But now I'm explaining that I'm just the kind of fucked up person that comes up with such a dumb joke anyway. So, sorry. Not that sorry. Uh, I got beer. So you did House of the Dead? Oh, okay, maybe that was it, yeah. The two Alone in the Darks? Blood Rain? There were a bunch Alone of the in the Dark movies? movies? Yeah, I huh. guess there were. Uh, Postal. Alone in the Dark. I the played. Um, I played the game. Uh, that was that was quite a while ago. I think that was Xbox 360, and I felt like it was like, uh, it was weird title because it was like 
not all that dark most of the time, and you were actually in a party of you and a girl and an old man, so you were never alone, ever. I was like, what a dumbass name. But it was an okay game. That was, when I was doing my YouTube channel, I did that as one of the world's okayest games. <laughs> it's, it's pretty average. Yeah, it was like, it was fine. I didn't, like, I, was, I didn't mind it. I don't remember mostly what it was. I remember, like, it was trying to do darkness as, like, a thing, and the light and dark was, like, kind of an element that came up. But I feel like Doom did it better, and Doom came out in 1993. So, <laughs> there's that. So, he only did some of the bad video game movies. Okay. He didn't... But, so, apparently, the bad video game movies epidemic that happened from 2000 to, like, I want to say 2011... Mm. Apparently that was just filmmakers saying we don't care, make it. Right. That's kind Which of what is it to contrast like it, it with sometimes. So then we can contrast it with like how video game movies or series are treated today, like yeah, like I feel Castlevania like... or. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot... A lot of these are more passion projects. Like, uh, the, um... The main dude... I'm trying to think of his name. Um... Who did Castlevania. And he's going to do, uh... Devil May Cry series as well pretty soon with Netflix. Um... He's actually, a pretty big into the series. And, uh... Really likes them and has a passion for this kind of thing. And that's... That's one of the things that I'm... I feel like we're kind of seeing a lot more... With that, and then the new Detective Pikachu movie. Um, if you saw the Sonic movie, I thought it was really, really good. Actually, that's my favorite movie that's come out so far this year. Um, and and I see like a movie every week, except when AMC closes all of their fucking theaters nationwide. Stupid ass virus. Anyways, <clears throat> it's weird too, cause like you can rent these movies on demand, but it's like twenty bucks to rent, and I'm like. That is not a good substitute for buying a movie ticket. <laughs> for, like, price-wise. Like... Yeah. Especially since... Why 20 bucks? I don't know. I guess at the same time, uh, movie theaters also are a weird industry because actually most of the movies... Most of the revenue they generate off of ticket sales goes to the movie makers and the film companies. Uh... And they actually make most of their profit off of merchandising and uh, concessions. So I guess yeah. I can kind of see how it's justified uh, just by that. And it is also like it's like a 30 day rental for 20 bucks. So but at the same time, it's almost like, why don't you just sell the movies on your on demand thing for. But eh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a weird. I don't understand how the situation works. I'm not a fucking business expert. I'm just a guy that talks and drinks beer on a podcast. I'm gonna drink this beer now. That buzz is setting like in from my four horsemen. Um. So yeah, do you have a favorite? Um. Have you watched any of the uh, Netflix series of uh, different? I watched. Games? 
up through partway through the second season of Castlevania. Okay. I really think I, I actually liked the third season um, the best out of all three. Uh, so and and I really liked the first one and two. Uh, one I felt like was just cut off too short because it, it it was I felt like it was really cool, but it was like just the I feel like if it was a D and D adventure, like epis the first season is like the first session of just the party getting together in the pub, right? And then season two, they're actually going concept. on a on a adventure. And I'm like, okay, now I'm on board. And season three was actually kind of, I I, I really loved season three because it's like there's all sorts of different things that are kind of put in place by season two, and it's kind of setting up a lot of things for season four uh, by kind of going through different characters that have been kind of uh, moved about by the events of season two. So it's, it's a lot of things kind of going on all at once. And then a lot of really cool action, a lot of cool intrigue in, uh, what, uh, Simon and not Simon, uh, what's the fucking name? Uh, Vin, no, Trevor, Trevor, Trevor. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, which fucking Belmont is it? I don't know. I'm like, I've been playing too much smash bros. I'm like Richter. No, no, that's not it. That's my smash main. Not my main main, but my main out of the two Castlevania characters is Richter, because I feel like he's just, like, Simon, but better. Because I feel like in Smash, like, he's Simon... Simon, but very slightly different. Yeah, I don't know, because, like, he's faster, and I feel like he doesn't hit any less hard, which he probably does because he's faster, but I feel like it's not noticeably softer. He's still a pretty heavy hitter, but he's faster. So I'm like, why would you not just play Richter? But, yeah. Anyways, yeah, Trevor and Sypho, they, they get into all sorts of cool, uh, like, intrigue stuff when they're staying in this town and stuff in Season 3, and I'm like, okay, I'm totally on board with this. Uh, and then just, like, shit hits the fan for every single character in the last episode of Season 3, and it's amazing. Yeah. Only to only to watch that through then. Yeah. Um. So I I, I really really like that. Um. I think it's a, a different kind of a beast than a video game movie though, because with a video game movie you've got two hours to kind of sum up a forty hour video game, or in some cases like encapsulate the entirety of a multi game series in just that same short amount of time. But I feel like you can take your time a little more, develop more in the characters, develop more in the world in a series. So that's what I really liked about Witcher as well. Because uh, Witcher uh, really kind of... I feel like Season 1 is almost the same thing as Season 1 of Castlevania, where it's like it's kind of setting up for what's going to happen. And there's still a lot of cool stuff happening. And, you know, uh, I feel like Season 1... Castlevania didn't go on quite as many interesting adventures as Geralt does in season one of Witcher, but um, so so it's it's got that going for it. He goes on lots of different like side quests, almost is what it feels like. Uh, but there's kind of this overarching it's also thing going on. Pointing out that Witcher was a book series first. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so there, I feel like there's more to work with there 
in that regard but but it's different stuff to work with too uh which is is kind of interesting because actually i didn't know it was a book series first until like i was talking to somebody about it online and i was like oh that's kind of interesting so i started uh reading the original uh, uh the first witcher book and um i thought it was uh kind of interesting but i felt it was like weird how like almost word for word identical it was to the first episode of the witcher series and i was like well this is this is kind of awkward i know everything that's gonna happen because i watched the show because it's like it's surprisingly close it's not like watching a movie uh, it's that's again one of those things that kind of comes out of having a series uh as opposed to uh you know just a movie where you kind of have to cut everything down uh, which is one of the things that I kind of always thought would be really cool in like a Lord of the Rings is if they made like a, a mini series or a TV series or something instead of a, a movies, right? Because Peter Jackson took all the time he possibly could to make like even and then the extended versions are like four hours long each and there's still just not enough time, right? But if you had like a 13 episode season that was the first book of Lord of the Rings or even the first two, which would be Fellowship of the Ring, uh, then, like, you you could put so much extra detail in there that just has to get cut in a movie series. And I don't know if that would be, like, financially responsible or anything because I feel like that would be retardedly high budget. But, you know. It's worth asking if... Uh series are more expensive to produce than uh movies or the other way around yeah and i they feel i I feel like also they make money in a totally different way so i'm not like big enough into the business to understand like how that all works um because uh i feel like tv series generally have lower budgets just like i feel like you can tell that in the animation and costuming in almost every tv series compared to almost every movie uh, within their contemporaries. Like, you look at the animation, even in, like, 90s stuff, all the animation in, like, 90s stuff was worse than the animation in 90s movies, right? And the same is true today. Like, I feel like, like, even in Witcher, I feel like sometimes the animations almost just look, like, weird and cheesy because I feel like they didn't have a budget. Right, uh, and and I know they had probably a pretty good budget because Netflix has decently deep pockets, and I you know I feel like they try to produce really high quality stuff, but there's a point with all the crazy ass magic and stuff that happening that sometimes it's just like okay that that looks just a little out of place. I'm not, uh, which I don't begrudge it for. But it, I feel like that's almost the drawback for being able to take a more uh, steady and slow approach to character generation and world building. So what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so there is one series we haven't talked about. Go ahead. The Legend of Zelda animated series. <laughs> I guess technically we haven't talked about the Super Mario Brothers Super Show either. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, there's... So, funny story. I've actually never watched the entire Legend of Zelda... I, I've, I've actually never watched a whole episode of The Legend of Zelda 
TV series, which is weird because I'm like a huge Zelda fan, but also funny story. When I went online and bought The Legend of Zelda, uh, like I recently actually bought the DVD set for The Legend of Zelda. I have the whole series. It's sitting on my shelf next to my PS4, and I'm totally going to watch it on my birthday or, or something. I'm, I don't know. Fucking coronavirus. I might watch it tomorrow. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but I'm going to watch it, and I totally bought it at exactly the same time as I bought Doom Annihilation and the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> I was just like, I need some bad video game TV in my life. I am fucking buying two movies in a Zelda series. Fuck it. And like all of that together, I think was like less than 15 bucks on Amazon. <laughs> well, actually, I guess Doom Annihilation I bought, it was uh, brand new at the time. I bought it literally, I think, the day Doom Annihilation came out. Uh, so that one, I think, was like 20 bucks, maybe 15 or 20 bucks. I don't know. But I have posted I've... in the Discord the, <clears throat> oh, did the you? complete series. Huh. Weird. What is that on YouTube or some shit? Yeah, it's YouTube. Four oh. and a ha half hours. Okay. I got the DVD set, so I am covered. <laughs> That's funny, though. Good. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, have you ever watched it? I guess if you've got the link, maybe you have. Uh, I've watched the entire thing when I was a kid. Back when you had to navigate 90s era Zelda fan sites and find like low res copies to download and watch. <laughs> right. Uh, and this, this is so much better today, but mm -hmm. it's still incredibly cheesy. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of the point of these kind of things. Um, I feel like I'm going to make a drinking game out of it. Like, every time Link says, excuse me, I'm going to drink. <laughs> something well, like I don't that. want you to die. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll drink something light. I'll, I'll drink tequila. Oh, wait. Oh, no. <laughs> Tequila's light in color. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you think about these generally? Um... Do you think a show is a better way to go or a movie? Or do I they both have their benefits? I think it depends on the video game being adapted. Right. But the most important thing is not the medium, but the people behind it. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of been proven by um, Sonic. Because, like, Sonic was actually pretty funny, which I, I feel like it was especially funny because, like, one of the things that people complain about about the Sonic movie is the product placement. But I think the product placement is one of the best parts because you know that the directors and the script writers are just totally aware of the product placement. And they're just, like, pointing it out and being like, this is a product placement joke. It's fucking stupid. Do you get it? <laughs> it's like so... I That's what I read into these. Like, I felt like they were pointing at the product placement being like, this is product placement. And I thought it was hilarious because of that. The best fucking joke in the whole movie is like um, that... Um, 
kind of a spoiler, but it's been out for a while. Uh, you can probably stream it somewhere now, right? It's been you can pirate it. I don't know. Don't pirate it. That's bad for the movie industry. Anyway. <laughs> But the best joke in the whole movie is like, okay, they saved the day and the director of the FBI or whatever comes up and he's like, here's a $25 gift card to Olive Garden. (laughs) It's so fucking stupid. It's amazing. I'm like, that is the best thing you could ever do. Because it's like calling back to the stupid thing that they do at at the start of it where they're just like, like using the Olive Garden catchphrase and all that shit, and it's just like almost totally out of character. But they're like acting in such a way that it's like they're trying to be out of character. It, it worked so well for me. I just thought it was hilarious. Mm. Beer. Beer is good. Mm. So, um, is there a game that you think would do well with a series next or I guess a movie as long as we're on the multi we accidentally cut this into two subjects but good enough Oops. Uh, let's see a game that would do well as a series really gotta think on that one yeah it's uh, kind of interesting because I feel like there's lots of different things that could do well but are they going to and how could they do well? Because one of the th- ones that I feel like is most requested, particularly in my circles, because all of my circles are Zelda-related somehow, is people want a Legend of Zelda series that's actually, like, lives up to the games. But I feel like that might be kind of weird uh, if it wasn't done right. And I kind of came up... I actually came up with this idea, and I started writing a script at one point for a Zelda movie that I never finished uh, that... Uh, took inspiration of all things from Wally, the the Pixar movie with the robot, because that movie was so fucking good. Because for like the first hour, nobody spoke a word. There was two robots and a cricket, and none of them could talk. Like beyond like name Wally, name Eva. Eva? You know, it's like that's all they talk. But there's still a full, complete story told in the in that first hour, right? And then they get on the ship and there's more talking. And I feel like that's almost how you should do a Zelda movie if, if you're going to do that, is like literally have Link never talk the entire time. Just have a whole, like... But it, it would be really hard because you'd have to tell this entire story through the actions of Link and maybe have a couple of side characters say something here and there for the first little while until you get really into the meat of it. And then I feel like you could have a lot of different uh, things happening maybe between Zelda and Ganondorf or, or whoever the villain is in your last Yeah, month. having a lot of time in a show <clears throat> with complete silence from the main character is kind of a hard thing to sell. It is. But, like, if you could do it right, would that not be the best fucking Zelda series you could ever see? I would watch the hell out of it. Right? But I'm already a Zelda fan, so... Right, yeah. So that's... But that's... That's another kind of a double-edged sword, is it's like, how hard do you cater to the fans of the series, and how hard do you cater to new people to kind of bring them on board the series... Or at the very least, 
make your show appealing to non-fans of the series. And I kind of wonder how much uh, different thoughts have been going into the creators' heads about that for, like, Witcher and Castlevania and all that. Because uh, I don't know. You know? I bet well, it's I in the back like of their mind somewhere. the series you can watch and it'll be entertaining even if you've never played the game. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, such a casual yeah. Castlevania fan, but I fucking love the series. Right? I've never beat a yeah. Castlevania game because I fucking suck at them. <laughs> like, I I don't know, something about that style. Like, Castlevania and Mega Man really, really get me. And, le- like, in Mega Man, I've literally never beat a single Robot Master. That's how bad I wow. am at Mega Man. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I've never played a Mega Man game, so you're still beating me on that. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was let's like. Let's see, what would be a good series? Yeah. I'm going to come out of left field on this one. Cuphead. I would say Eiji. I don't know what that is. Which is That's a really out of left field game. There, it's a what? Freeware? Uh, it's a freeware game about aliens basically nuking the entire planet. Huh. And there's only a couple human survivors. Huh. And it's about one. A uh, girl who got cybernetically enhanced and is trying to uh, get them off the planet. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that would make an awesome series. Like, just based on that concept, like, if that was on the Netflix queue, I'd be like, okay, sure, I'll check that out. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of it, but it sounds neat. And it's based off a of video game? Oh, okay, uh, double points, and then maybe I'll check out the game. I never heard of it, and it sounds cool. I'll, I'll link in the Discord here. Okay, sweet. Yeah, and then I'll maybe look at that. What is uh what's it it's freeware, is it just PC or It's just PC. Okay. But I mean I I mean I got fucking like at least three more weeks inside, so I don't fucking know what I'm gonna do with my time yet, right? It's so fucking weird. Yeah. Right? I'm like and freeware doesn't sound too bad to me either, because I'm like, I've got all this time and there's some games coming out, but it's like I'm also not working, which is kind of oh, I'm I'm in a better position than a lot of people cuz I'm still going to get paid from like basically the the school district says I get paid a certain amount of hours no matter what so if they cancel the hours I still get paid for them uh that's good so yeah so even if they but at the same time, I'm not. I usually kind of fluff out my paycheck with uh, like taking field trips and stuff, being a school bus driver. So I won't yeah, have so any of that extra income. So, but on the plus side, I did have some gigs come through at the start of the month, and this is a kind of a funny story. I actually played bagpipes for a high school production of Brigadoon. Uh which is kind of a play which takes place in uh, Scotland and has a lot of that kind of thing. So I they, they needed a bagpiper, and they hired me on, uh, which was kind of interesting because I started filing the paperwork with their financial secretary at the high school, and she's looking at it, and she looks me up with my uh, information that I give her, and she's like, hold on, wait, you work for the school system, so we actually have to put uh, this payment on your paycheck through the school system payroll. And I'm like, oh, 
That's weird, but okay. So actually, this month is going to be a really good paycheck because I'm getting paid for three gigs on top of like a mostly full month before they canceled everything, right? I had like one or two specials a week, one or two field trips a week. Uh, so I'm like, I'm going to be totally set this month and then next month is going to fucking suck. <laughs> yeah. I work at a travel kind of company. Oh. Uh-huh. So, uh, that's pretty fucked. Yeah. Um, you do some amount of work at home though in remote work, don't you? Yeah, but it's, uh, the company's issues. Okay, so it's more that rather than you you could do your job from home and it would probably be fine mostly, but Oh yeah, I've I worked from home this entire week. Okay, yeah. But uh but the company might go under, so that that's the other kind of issue. Yeah, that's, that's the worry. One of the nice things about working for the public school system is job security cuz they really just fucking need people to drive buses. Cuz yeah. It's it's a surprisingly high turnover rate. Um and then, you know, just to get a apparently it's difficult to get a driver that like shows up to work on time and doesn't crash all the time. Which I'm like that doesn't seem like it's all that difficult to me, but you know, Show up I must be work. a fucking weirdo. Don't get DUIs. Right. Don't crash the bus. That's one of the nice things too about uh, <laughs> I, I can't get DUIs right now. I'm I'm like on the clock, sort of technically, but I'm drinking all day because I'm stuck at home. What else am I gonna fucking do? Play my Wii U. Day drink. <laughs> you know what? I actually plugged in my Wii U. <laughs> I was like, I oh, haven't wow. used this in a while. <laughs> I'm gonna play Wind Waker. Fuck yeah. Um, which that so was before we get totally off topic. Right, yeah. Not that we're not already totally off three or four tangents. <laughs> yeah, Go ahead. It's a tangent. So, uh, should we move on to the next topic? Um, we could. If th- is there anything final you want to say on this one? Uh, it's nice to see that video games have been getting the love and care they deserve in terms of good series and movies. Yeah. I'm on board with that. So, yeah, if you have, like, an Aiken to make a good movie and you're in the Hollywood industry, then do it. Or if you're a sponsory kind of guy and you want to pay me to do it, I have a cool idea for a Zelda movie. But, anyways. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, we're going to go back to the TV topics, kind of, as our table topic. What TV or Netflix show would be best suited to turn into a tabletop game? This came up on the podcast before, but I would say the new She-Ra on okay. Netflix. I haven't actually watched that yet. I, I said I meant to watch it at some point because... Uh, did we have a guest? I feel like you and somebody else were talking to me about it. It was me and Peyton. Yeah, you and Peyton were talking me up, and I was like, "Okay, I gotta watch that." And then I never did, so maybe I'll check it out. Is it kid friendly? Kind of the uh, if it's kid friendly, I'll watch it. Going on? Oh, okay, that's cool. But it's also got a war setup going on, so you could do more of a classical military campaign, but with 
magically powered PCs leading troops. Okay. That could be kind of interesting. This it sort of reminds me of a video game I played. Um, actually, I, I literally bought it at the same time as I bought Alone in the Dark, which we were talking about earlier. So uh, back in the Xbox 360 generation sometime uh, was Operation Darkness, which was a tactical JRPG by Atlas, wherein you... Uh, commanded a platoon of British World War II soldiers against Hitler and his legion of vampires and undead. That sounds fucking badass. Yeah, like, it was it was pretty cool. I only played a few missions, and then I don't fucking remember what happened. I don't... Uh, I just never came back to it for some reason. Uh, but it was it was pretty fun, uh, even even though I'm not really big into tactics. But it, it had a lot of things differently than most tactics games because you've got like guns and grenades and stuff and there's like this whole cover system so like if you're kind of hiding behind a tank or behind a rock or around the corner for something then you'll have like a reduced chance to get hit by guns but like if you throw a grenade uh you can throw them like over rocks or you can position them different places uh, so they're more likely to hit people depending on what your situation is. And then when you get really close, you have, like, bayonets and shit. So um, there was, like, all sorts of different tactical things that you could do. And I thought it was, like, one of the coolest tactic games I ever played. <clears throat> Coming from a guy that really just doesn't like tactic games, like, basically at all. Except for, like, Fire Emblem and this game. This is the non-Fire Emblem tactic game that I like. That's, that's what I will say. Yeah. Like, I didn't even like Final Fantasy Tactics, and everybody raves about how that's fucking amazing. You're never a big fan of Disgaea? Um, I, you, you let me borrow it for a little while. I played a couple of missions. I never really got into it. Like, it was fine, uh, but I was like, I don't know, it feels like a tactic game, and the, the story was kind of cool, I feel like, but I did, it, it was just a thing that I didn't really get into. Uh, I don't remember which okay. one that was. I think you let me borrow a DS one or a Game Boy Advance one or something. <coughs> yeah, it was the DS version of the original. Okay. Yeah. So. So it was like, it was fine. Um, anyways, um, this was kind of getting me thinking of actually uh, back in college when you and me were going to college, uh, we... Uh, started actually a couple of different campaigns based loosely on The Walking Dead, uh, which was originally a comic book series, obviously, but um, the TV series got really, really popular, too. It's still running. Um, I haven't watched in a couple of seasons because I don't have cable anymore, but uh, it's one of those things that I've been kind of meaning to catch up on Netflix one of these days. Um, but, uh, yeah, we did a couple of different tabletop games based on that, and I thought that those both worked. Like, it was weird, though, because, like, both of them were totally different takes on the zombie apocalypse thing and not necessarily exactly what was going on with Walking Dead, but we, we were kind of both taking elements from Walking Dead because one of them was uh, designed by our buddy Devin, and it was partially Walking Dead inspired, but it took a lot more from actually Left for Dead. Um, 
So there was like uh, boomers and and the the tongue guys and all those kind of weird zombies from Left for Dead, and that was actually you a said really boomers. Cool and I just pictured people born during like the fifties or the sixties. Okay, boomer. <laughs> Dude, no, we we need a fucking like uh, just shop Photoshop a meme of of like a of Left for Dead boomer and say okay, boomer. I'm going to fucking post that on my Twitter later. <laughs> Check me out at Spam-O-Man-O-Spam if you want a dumbass meme. <laughs> Whatever, they're probably listening to this based on that Twitter. <laughs> probably. I mean, that, I think that's how we get most of our followers is my Twitter. I don't think we have anybody that follows it on Facebook that doesn't follow my Twitter. And, like, I link it... Like, I every time I put it on the Facebook page for drink to the past i always share it and then like nobody looks at it and like sometimes i'll get like a like but i'm pretty sure they don't click the link because nobody clicks links on facebook like even when i see somebody that's posted like that's like my friend and they tag me and it's like a link to imgur or or um fucking snapchat or something that it's like Here's an image I think that you think will be funny or something. And I'm like, it's a link. I don't have time for that. Go back. I'm going to scroll on something else, right? <laughs> I don't have time for links, you know, especially not a podcast. So I, I feel like that's a really difficult thing to market on Facebook without paying money. And then even especially when I see a promoted post on Facebook, I'm like, keep on scrolling. Like, if it looks neat and it's a product, sometimes I'll give it a like, and that's about it, you know. Or if it's a funny meme, sometimes I'll give it a like just for the meme, but I still won't click the link almost ever. You so much don't have enough time for links that you got rid of it from the name of the podcast. (laughs) That's fucking amazing. That wouldn't be so amazing if I wasn't, like, as... Like, slightly toasted as I am, but I am slightly toasted. (laughs) Yeah. So what were we talking about? TVs and Netflix shows turning into tabletops? Yeah, so the the Walking Walking Dead ones, uh, the one that I did uh, was, like, kind of like, what if The Walking Dead, like, went into the future, like, 100 or 200 years and just, like... All anybody knew was, like, remnants of the past. Like, most people didn't know how to read anymore. Um, You know, it was like nobody told time anymore. Nobody, like, barely anybody knew the season. You just kind of watched the seasons change. You didn't really track them as much. Um, And so uh, it was kind of based on that. So it was like... It had these kind of Walking Dead elements, but it was like a further expansion upon them. Like, what if they didn't figure out what was going wrong with The Walking Dead? So it uh, it was kind of like The Walking Dead is like the start of the zombie apocalypse. And my campaign was like 200 years in, humanity is still fucked. Um, And then it actually was going to take some kind of interesting sci-fi turns if you got a little further into it. Um, cause there was different, I, I had kind of different places set up that had different levels of technology that had survived. Like when you got, 
because uh, you guys kind of started in like a rural area and kind of went through a semi-metropolitan area and then eventually your goal was to get back to Denver because I made uh, being a guy who lives in Colorado I made this whole thing just take place in Colorado so I could actually I thought that was really cool of an element that I used as a DM too was just like referencing places that everybody had been so you had like a little more visualization for that and as you were traveling, you could be like, okay, we started in Estes Park. Now we're coming through Lyons, which is uh, just on the other side of the canyon. And then you take the highway to Boulder. And, uh, you know, it's like these are places, real places that the players actually have been and can kind of visualize. So I thought that was a kind of a cool element. I'll, I'll pat myself on the back for that. Uh, what did you think of that element, Chris? Did you, as a player, did you like that? I enjoyed it. It was uh, going through uh, the same familiar places, but very much changed. Yeah, because I kind of tried to think of... I also really throwing a grenade a, in that person's face. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of tried to think of a different sort of change that would happen to every town. So, like, Boulder was hit by the nuke, so it was mostly a crater with, like, all these kind of ramshackle, like, claywork buildings and with one kind of big tower in the center of it that was, or, well, what, no, wait, hold on, that was, that was Lions. Lions was this. Uh, Lions was hit with the nuke that was trying to take out the zombies. So, um, you're all walking through that nuclear fallout in there. But then you got to Boulder, and Boulder was, uh, more or less the same but they had somehow adopted like this um uh matriarchal society and they all praised this uh uh whoever the most beautiful woman was in the village kind of city thing uh which is funny because you guys never actually figured that out because you kind of came in and they arrested you guys for trespassing in their city and instead of like trying to negotiate you just came in and you literally you chris jumped up and shot the queen of boulder in the face with your shotgun <laughs> and, and it's just like because i'm trying to describe this thing and kind of introduce it and like give you all this lore that i've kind of created that i thought was kind of funny and and you know kind of interesting in different ways and so this naked woman comes up on a rooftop all uh, you know, regal and resplendent and followed by all of her droves of men. And then you just are just like, nope, you fucking put my friends in jail. I'm shoving my shotgun in your mouth and pulling the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but the lore. <laughs> but that's it okay. helps when the lore is presented in an organic way so that it directly affects how we can make decisions. Yeah, um, I think it kind of worked out because I told you a little bit more about it afterward because you, you kind of made peace because you had teamed up with a different woman from the society who was like, kind of like, didn't think that it was just to, you know... Uh, arrest your people because they didn't really know what they were doing. They, they'd never been to Boulder before. They don't know the law, right? So, and I also kind of put these little tidbits here and there where it was like, um, okay, all of the 
grunt work is being done by men. All of the random guards are men, specifically. Uh, but when you get into the building, they're all being, like, commanded by women or all the... But you didn't actually go into a lot of buildings, so you didn't actually see a lot of that. That's the funny thing about D&D, though, is, is you just... trying to sneak around. Oh, yeah? And then you shotgun uh, something in the face? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sneak, plan didn't sneak, really sneak, work out. Ow! <laughs> That's about how I feel trying to sneak in Doom 64, which came out today, which is fucking awesome. I love Doom. I'm so happy. But, um, yeah, so uh, is there another TV show or Netflix series um, you can think of that would make a good uh, tabletop? I know Doctor Who actually had, like, a number of tabletop games tabletop RPGs come out for I'm not surprised to hear that, but I've never actually heard of any of them. But that sounds like the kind of thing... Like, I feel like there's a shitload of crossover between tabletop nerds and Doctor Who nerds, right? Uh, I mean... And it seems I'm like one a good fucking, way... I, I'm like one of the weird hipster Doctor Who guys, though, that it was like, oh yeah, I was watching my, you know, Doctor Who with my dad before David Tennant came in. Uh, you know, before Christopher Eccleston, actually, uh, back in the 90s, my dad always used to watch reruns of Doctor Who uh, with, um, I don't remember all their names, Tom Baker uh, is the big one that everybody loves, and um, pff, I don't remember. My dad even had, like, this weird old one-off movie that's not canon that had um, uh, Rowan Atkinson as the Doctor. And, oh, the Red Nose Day special? Uh, I don't remember anything about a Red Nose Day. I don't know. I watched it like a long-ass time ago with him when he got it. It was um, something about death. I don't know. Uh, the Fatal something. The Fatal Curse of Death or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Some cheesy-ass like thing. And it was like... I, I don't remember much a of it, but it was build up. Yeah, it was like it was a pretty funny Doctor Who because it's like it's fucking Rowan Atkinson. How can you have Rowan Atkinson and not be fucking hilarious? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Rowan Atkinson was the best part of the 2012 Olympic Games. Because. <laughs> oh, speaking of tabletop RPGs. Uh huh. Uh, Mr. Bean has a tabletop RPG. Oh my fuck, I am buying it. What What the fuck is it called? <laughs> Hold on. Mr. Bean. There, there's not... Okay, tabletop. it doesn't... It doesn't actually exist. But there are close equivalents. Like, uh, everyone is John. Okay, I'm finding one from yellowoctopus.com. $8.99. <laughs> Eight themes to choose from. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Wait, what is this? I don't understand. This doesn't sound like a... Tabletop uh -oh, entertainment fun in a tin. That doesn't... This isn't a... This tabletop entertainment. It's not a tabletop RPG. Okay, hold on. Hold, hold on. I need to refine oh. my search with the word RPG. Boom. Okay, Mr. Burn, Tabletop, Erpager. Okay. Mr. Bean the Board Game. <laughs> That's close enough. 
Dude, I would totally play a Mr. Bean tabletop RPG, even though I've got no fucking idea how that would... That, that doesn't make sense to me at all, but I would fucking play it. So, uh... It's not quite a Mr. Bean type, but this is the closest I think there is. Uh-huh. Which is everyone is John. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where everyone is one of John's multiple personalities. Okay, I have heard and of this And at any one. given time, they... Okay. They fight for control over his body. Aw. Uh-huh. And make him do different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That could be fun. But yeah, um, now I'm trying to think of like Mr. Bean episodes in uh, tabletop form, and the the two that come to mind are like, there's one where he's like changing his, uh, he he like gets to the beach, and there's like no changing room, right? And he's like, he has to change into his swimming suit, but there's one other guy on the beach. So he's like, oh, I got to change in front of this guy. So he's like all looking casual and and trying to change. And and Rowan Atkinson does this totally hilarious just scene where he changes into his swimming suit from his like uh, regular clothes without revealing a single thing. And, And it's just funny as shit. And then the guy gets up and he's like, poking around with his cane because he's blind. <laughs> uh, I, so I remember this like, episode. Yeah, I'm just like trying to think of that's like the first one that comes to mind. And I'm like, okay, how do you make that as a tabletop? So it's just like a series of like stealth rolls and uh, seem, you know, like bluff checks to seem like you're uh, just doing normal everyday stuff. <laughs> and just, it's a series of skill checks. I'm like, it sounds boring as shit, but... But watching it would be hilarious. And then, like, what if you botch the skill check and you're just like, oops, one of my testicles slips out. (laughs) So the thing about everyone is John is... Now everybody in the podcast is thinking of uh, Rowan Atkinson's testicle. You're welcome. Oh, God. (laughs) Is... So everyone is John... The skill system works like if a normal person has any chance of failure at a task, John has to roll a d6. Uh And if he rolls a 6, he succeeds. Anything else, he fails. (laughs) But each of his personalities have skills Uh that make them slightly better at that, and they can do kind of impossible things with that. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard about this one. I, I'm like, this is like just wacky enough that I feel like this would be a great thing to do. But I, I'm not sure if it has like a lot of lasting power, right? I'm like, if you played this two or three times, would it still be as fun? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's fun to do every once in a while. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to do one of those over Discord as long as we're all stuck in with coronavirus and bullshit. Yeah. We'd need a few more players. Yeah. Um... Maybe we'll... I'll, I'll try and, like, hit people up and see if they want to come on the podcast. That sounds hilarious. Let's play one of these on the podcast. Because all you need is a D6, okay. right? Do you need to, like, create a character very much? 
Uh, yeah, you need like a note card. Okay. And then you need to write down what your goal is. Uh-huh. Then what your skills are. Hmm. <laughs> but that's it. Okay. Yeah, I'll look through that later. That sounds hilarious. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, uh, is there anything else you want to say on this table topic? Uh, it's probably something that we could explore in more depth in a lot of ways. Yeah. But uh, saying Doctor Who and Mr. B, well, I'll let everyone else fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah. Doctor Who, Mr. Bean, and everything in between. <laughs> I'm a poet, and I don't know it. I would know it, but I drink too much. Yeah. I'll drink to that. Hmm. <laughs> that was a good fucking beer. Toss a coin to your brewer, which literally, I feel like, is more appropriate now than ever because, like, your little microbreweries are going to go away without some income. So go to your local microbrewery and fill up your fucking growler, you dickhead. Or if you're not a dickhead, fill up your growler, you pussy. And if you're not a pussy or a dickhead, then just fill up your growler anyway. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Yeah, yeah, you fucking piece of bastard. You piece of bastard. Oh, piece of bastard. Cool. So I think we're done with that. Chris, did you bring a thing today? Uh, unfortunately, we're not in the same room. So the thing I would have brought today, I cannot bring because you cannot look at it and comment on it. Okay. So in that case, I will uh, bring my thing, which is my collector's edition uh, it's not really a collector's edition. I have the Wingstick edition of Rage 2, which comes with Rage 2, the video game, and a Wingstick, which, if you don't know anything about the, uh, game, basically a really deadly-ass boomerang. But, uh, the, uh, Wingstick that is included is actually just a little foam Wingstick. You've seen it, Chris. You've been over to my place, and I've thrown it at Tyler. Right? I probably have seen that. Yeah. It's hilarious. It says not to give to anybody under the age of 14. And I'm like, my kids are three and five. You're going to play with it. I don't fucking care. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking boomerang. It, it doesn't actually come back. Like, I've tried a million ways to throw it and make it come back. It flies pretty far. It's it's pretty good little flyer if you take it to the park and chuck it pretty good. But does not come back. Uh, that's what I found with most boomerangs, too. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not sure how that works. Especially, like, boomerangs that are actually made as weapons. Um, like, they're just supposed to inflict blunt force trauma. They, they are not supposed to return. They are supposed to, like, paralyze something for long enough for you to go and fucking knife it. Like, I, I'm trying to figure out, like where the idea that boomerangs return came from because i'm like i have never had any kind of boomerang or boomerang like object that has ever returned i've never seen a video of a real boomerang returning right i'm like is is this a thing do real boomerangs do they make them that actually return is that physically possible it might be but like if it did return 
It would be totally impractical as a weapon. Why would you make uh, it? I think it's that they're supposed to return if you miss. I guess, but like, I mean, if you miss with an arrow, you can probably just like go retrieve it, right? Like, like, why, uh, why would you bother making it probably. exactly the right curvature to return to where you are? Especially if you're like hunting a thing, you're probably like chasing after it, trying to like, you know, beat it down with your boomerang, right? This would the the impression that I've got from most of the. Uh, you know, videos I've seen of people actually hunting with boomerangs is they're just like it. It's like it's not a finesse weapon, like something that should come back to you. It's it's just a brutal fucking thing that's gonna break your fucking leg or like hit your neck so hard that you're just fucking dazed and can't walk right for long enough for them to come up and fucking cut your head off. So I'm watching a video of a guy throwing a boomerang here. Uh-huh. Is it working? Yeah. It looks like it flew off and it just kind of fucked off into the wind somewhere. <laughs> That's another thing, right? Is like you can make it like p curved perfectly to return to you. But like if it's not like exactly the right windage, it's going to get totally fucked up. So maybe it's that it comes from an angle and surprises the prey. Maybe. I don't know. Not sure. Yeah. Anywho, uh, this has been Drink to the Past. My name is Sean Michael Patrick Thompson, as always, and my co-host. Chris is still in quarantine, Audette. Still. This entire podcast, still. you've been in quarantine. Wow. This entire podcast. An hour and a half. Quarantine. Almost. An hour and 29 seconds. Yeah. So, kind of a long time. Yeah. So, like, by the end of this, it'll be an hour and a half. Assuming we go another, you know, 22 seconds. Are we going to go that long? Can we go that long? Uh, That's what she said. Know.